Thank you for tuning in to Journey Church's podcast. We're overjoyed to introduce you to our new sermon series, At the Movies. All movies tell a story, and every great story borrows from God's story. Due to licensing restrictions, you will hear cuts during part of the sermon where the movie is played. This week, our feature film is The Sandlot, which follows a young boy named Scotty Smalls that is looking to belong, but more importantly, struggling to find his place. We hope you enjoy. At the movies. I love movies. Anybody like me? I love movies. A perfect date for me is a movie. I stay at home and I watch it. That is, that is it for me. Uh, one of the things I love about Jesus is that Jesus was a phenomenal teacher. But one of the things that made his teaching so great was his use of story. He always taught with story. And while a lot has changed from Jesus' time to this time, one thing has not. And that is the power of story to deliver or transmit truth. That is still as great today as it was then. Because in a story, you get so involved in the character that you forget to put your defenses up. And so truth finds a back door into your soul. At the end of the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that was me. I was that little kid. I can't. Mama. You know, it's just like it gets into you. But at the moment, uh, it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't able because sometimes we get defensive. And so what we're going to be doing in at the movies is telling stories. The stories are still powerful. But the packaging through which story is now delivered has changed. Now it's no longer a bearded man at the corner of the street telling you about, you know, the farmer. Now we have film. And, uh, and so Jesus preached in parables, and today's movies are modern-day parables. And so the spirit behind At The Movies is to employ Jesus' method for teaching, that is using stories or film or parables to transmit truth into your life. And so for the next four weeks, we are going to watch four movies. We are going to watch four parables, and we are going to get some life-applicable truth into our life through that movie. And I'm excited to premiere at the movies today with what is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It might have to do with the fact that I played Little League as a child and was pretty good. I'm not trying to brag. I was just perfect good, all right? Didn't make it on my high school team, but I killed it in Little League, all right? And so, and so uh, I hope you enjoy this movie, and I hope that it'll bless you like you blessed me as we begin to watch The Sandlot. Meet Scotty Smalls. Smalls. How many people remember Smalls? Yeah, meet Scotty Smalls, a young boy whose life just got turned upside down. He's a new kid in a new neighborhood, trying to learn a new sport so he can make some new friends. And to overcomplicate it, he's also trying to figure out his home situation because he also has a new dad. And that's why I think that this is more than just the story of a boy on a journey who's coming of age. I really believe this is the story of a boy who is on a journey to discover his place. And I can relate to that story because when I was 16, my parents thought it would be a great idea to move from New York to Florida, um, and they didn't decide to move to Miami, Florida, or Orlando, Florida, someplace cool like that. No, they moved me to Brandon, Florida. I don't know if you're familiar with Brandon, Florida, but the population of cows was greater than the population of people, and, uh, and nobody around there looked like me, had the same skin color as me, had my accent, uh, nobody dressed like me. I came straight from New York, and so I was wearing size 38 jeans, and I had my Michael Jordan double XL basketball jersey on, and I came to school in my first period. Somebody greeted me in flip-flops, flip-flops, okay? 
and uh, I did not belong, not one bit. And I soon experienced what I have come to know as the lunch table tango. Yeah, if you ever spent any time in a cafeteria holding a tray of food, you know what the lunch table tango is. It's when you carry that tray desperately looking for a place to sit, but you're not really looking for a place to sit. You're looking for people who look like you. <laughs> That's what you're doing. And if you see somebody who's brown like me, you sit down next to them. Or if you see somebody who's got shorts, Bahama Bermuda shorts, you sit down next to them. Or you see somebody wearing Jordans, you sit next to them. Or someone wearing loafers, you sit next to them, right? And, 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 and I wish I could say, though, and I know that that's probably only relating to just the high schoolers here and the middle schoolers, but I wish I could say um, that, that that search ends with adolescence. I wish I could say that when you graduated high school, that journey, that search for a place kind of finished and kind of ended, but how many of us know that it does not? If you think that it ends, uh, just, just talk to the recent college graduate who spent four years getting her bachelor's degree in criminal justice and is now working at IHOP. Yeah, all that potential, all that money, all that debt, all those dreams, no place to put it. Ask her if she's found her place. If you, if you think this ends at high school, talk to the one of 50% of American blended families. That's a step family. 50% of American families are blended families. Talk to one of those parents when it comes time to discipline a child that you did not conceive. Ask that parent if they found their place in that home. Yeah, or talk to one of the empty nesters. You know what an empty nester is? It's a, it's a husband and wife whose kids have recently left the home to go to college. And for 18 years, they've been great parents, but they've learned while, while their skills in parenting were increasing, their skills as a couple were decreasing. And now these people have left the home and they're living next to strangers, someone who feels like a stranger because for 18 years, our relationship revolved around these two human beings. And now they're no longer in the house. And you're looking at your spouse trying to find your place in your marriage. Or talk to one of the many people in our church who are just stepping into a beautiful season we know as retirement. Yeah, retirement sounds good, but I've been hanging out with these people. And I'll tell you what, retirement is a search for place. Because for so long, or maybe you just lost your job, for so long, you used to get purpose and direction from your profession. And now you don't have it, and you're looking at this empty calendar wondering, where is my place? Like Scotty Smalls, maybe even the deeper question do I even have a place? And that is the question I want to answer for you today. Because I feel like there are people who walked into church today wondering, not just where is my place on this planet? Where is my place in my home? Where is my place in my society? Where is my place uh, here in my marriage? Where is my place in my family? Where is my place? Do I even have one? And I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 18. And it goes like this. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. I guess I have no place. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed, someone say place, each part of the body, I love this, right where he wanted it. 
See, every time I preach this scripture, I used to preach it in the context of unity. Come together, church. We're all a part of the body. But as I was preparing for this message, I felt like God was giving me a deeper truth. And that's not just the message for unity, but it's this message. We all have a place. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, you have a place. And it's closer than you think. Two weeks ago, Isaiah Negron, the worship leader, and I were on a plane to Arizona, and while we're sitting in our seats, before the plane is about to take off, this woman on the very same aisle, but, but over the aisle, starts to scream in pain. Ah, ah, Isaiah and I are freaking out. We don't know what to do. How to, you know, do we save this lady? Do we pray for this lady? I'm like, what's the appropriate response right now? Like, I'm just watching. That probably wasn't the appropriate response, but I was just <laughs> waiting for some direction. So after like 15 seconds of screaming at the top of her lungs. She stops. She goes, oh, oh, okay, okay. Paramedics had to come and give her eyes. Her knee had popped out of place. She was trying to get out, and she, got, she slipped, and her knee had popped out. And she was crying and crying and crying. And, I, and after she got better, I started to think to myself, because that's what preachers do. So I think, I'm going to use that in a message somewhere. <laughs> I, was, I probably should have been thinking about helping, but I was like, that could preach right there. That could preach. I started thinking about it, and I said, man, you know, that woman, she's in pain, but she's not in pain because her knee didn't have a place. She was in pain because her knee left its place. Here's what I'm trying to get to. There are a lot of dislocated people here today who are living in pain because they cannot seem to find their place in wherever it is you are right now. But I've got good news. It's not that you don't have a place. Here's the bad news. It's that you won't embrace the place God placed you. And if you can leave here with two things, it's this. Listen to me. One, everyone has a place. And two, it's right where you are. The title of today's message is Embrace Your Place. Embrace your place. If God made a knee, he also made a socket. God never makes a piece without first preparing a place. Never. If you exist, you got a place. That's how it works. You got it. That's the good news. The bad news is you might not like where your place is. You'd be like, but I'm unemployed right now. This place sucks. I get it. I understand. But hear me out. It's your place. It's your place. Right now, in this season of life, it's your place. And you got to embrace this season because it's where God is going to do everything that he wants for your life. Don't be like the foot, wishing you had a better place, looking at someone else's place. Maybe you're a foot, and you're like, I don't like this. It stinks. But um, See what I did there? Foot stinks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, don't be like the foot. Don't be like the foot thinking, man, I wish I was on the head. Listen, the head might be a place where you feel more visible, but it will not be a place where you feel more fulfilled. Because you will never be released in the function that God designed you for in a place you were not designed to be. All of your potential, hear me out, all of God's promises are released in your life when you embrace the place God has you in. When you stop looking at someone else's place and you start saying, this is my place, and instead of complaining about my place, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to make the most of it as long as it lasts. So many of us are like smalls. We're, we're hanging out in deep center, pounding our glove, hoping that someone will call us in the game, hoping that they say, hey, you, come here, not knowing that we're already in the game. The ball is coming our way, and if we leave our place, we'll miss it entirely. Embrace your place. Write these three things down if you're taking notes. You need to embrace your place, so don't leave early. 
Baseball is the only sport I know where you can spend the whole game in one place, <laughs> never move, and still win. And still win. Don't confuse. Don't let, don't let inaction lead to impatience. Because when nothing's happening, something's happening. Ooh, that's a word that's going to just deliver somebody right. Did you hear that? If you feel like you are in a place right now where nothing's happening, understand that when nothing's happening, something's happening. When God's not doing stuff around you, it's because he's doing something inside you. Embrace your place. Do not leave early because if you do, you will miss it. You will miss it. Don't get discouraged. You can't see the ball coming with your head down. But it's just nobody sees me here. I'm in center field. I was winning the game. I hate this place. This place is terrible. It's coming your way, but you'll never catch it with your head down. You got to lift it. If you're going to wait, listen to me. If you're going to wait, and you're going to wait anyway, wait well. If Disney taught you anything, if you're going to wait an hour on a line, wait well. Have a great time waiting. Sing songs, right? They, they, set up, they set up these toys, and they set up these instruments, and they set up these anim animatrons. Why? Because they're like, hey, if you're going to wait, wait well. Wait with your head up. Wait excited. Wait in expectancy. Wait like Psalms 100. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I don't know how long it's going to take, and I don't know how long I'll have to wait, but I know that ball is coming my way, so I'm going to keep my head up, excited for what God's got planned for my life. I will embrace my place. Don't leave early. Don't get discouraged. And here's just a good one. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. The outfield is, is, is one of the hardest places to play. I played outfield because I wasn't that great at fielding the ball. So, like, you can hit the ball. Go play outfield. I play outfield. Outfield is tough because in the outfield, you're so far from the action, you feel like you don't have a purpose. And you start to compare your position with someone else's position. Well, I wish I was the pitcher. He gets to touch the ball all the time. I haven't touched a ball in a while. I haven't been able to catch that ball in there forever. Nobody even hits over here. You hit over there, hit over there, over there. And you start comparing your position with someone else's position, but you cannot confuse position with purpose or position with place. You might not have the best position in your eyes, but at least you got a place. Don't look at someone else where they are in the field, what they're doing, and compared to what, just stay in your lane. Do what God has you. Be faithful to the assignment that he's given you. Plant your feet and understand. I'm, I'm encouraged. I know that my time will come. Do not get discouraged. Do not confuse your position with your purpose. Embrace it and draw all the worth you need from the confidence in 1 Corinthians that you are right where he wants you. What are you worth? Because I have learned that the search for place is much deeper than just a search for place or even just a search for purpose. It is also a search for worth. It is also a search for worth. I want to read you Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great... That's, I just got to go back. But God. Whenever you see but God, you got to like pause. Because what he's doing is comparing to the way the world works. And so let me give you some context. He's saying the world works in... You get your value from what you do. You get your value from what you accomplish. You get your value from your titles, from your doctorate degrees. You get your value from your income statement. But God, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly, say it with me, places 
in Christ Jesus. You know, I never was one who cared much for position or status because I learned at a young age that man is the one who gives position or status. And if a man gives it, man can take it away. The same guy who promoted you is the same guy who can what? Who can fire you. If your worth is tied up into position or status, whether it be financial, socioeconomic, whatever, religious, then you will always be at the mercy of someone else's discretion. But, 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 but not with God. You see, you see, someone might be able to take my position, but no one can take my place. Because my place comes from God. And if it comes from God, that means it's good. And so my confidence comes from the fact that God gave it to me. Or you could write it like this if you're taking notes. I'm confident in my place because I'm confident in his grace. Come on. That's what preachers do. We work all week just to make stuff rhyme. Just to make stuff rhyme. So you remember it when you leave. I'm confident in my place because I'm confident in his grace. That where I am is where he placed me, which means, A, it's got to be good. It's because God says everything that I do, I do for you. I do on your behalf. I do for your good. So if I'm single, it's good. Because this is the place God has me. And so I'm going to embrace it. And he gave it to me, which means no one can take it away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where I'm at. I'm not complaining. I got to be honest, for a long time, when I became a pastor, I tried to be a lot of things that I'm not. And the reason is because on pastors, there are these pastoral expectations. Today and age, you're not just expected to be a communicator. You're expected to be an accountant. You're expected to be a life coach. You're expected to be a counselor. You're expected to be 911. People calling me up at 1 in the morning, I broke my leg. Hang up. Call the doctor. You need an ambulance. I, this does not work like this. I can't. It's not, it's not going to work. Expected to be a, a marriage therapist. You're expected to be a doctor. You're expected to be so much. And if I can just be honest, I'm not good at a lot of those other things. But I, but, I, but I kept trying to be good at those things because you guys wanted me to be good at those things. And I started to, and this is where it relates to the movie, I started to sacrifice things that God never intended me to sacrifice so that I could be accepted by a group of people. Can I just be real with you? Can I be real with you? I started to be someone who I'm not. I started, my family started to pay the price. I started to sacrifice my family, my sanity and my time and my energy and my strength. I started to sacrifice those things to be for other people, what I could not be, but can I, can I be real? And nobody leave the church. You promise I say this and nobody leave the church. Can I be real? None of y'all called me to come pastor a church in Winter Park. Half of you don't even live in Winter Park. Nobody said, hey, JJ, hey, JJ, would you come to Winter Park and start a church? No. You know who called me? God called me. So I'm going to stop being who you want me to be, and I'm going to embrace who he made me to be, knowing that when I am who he made me to be, everything else is going to work. You know what the funny thing is? That at the end of the movie, the mom sits down with Smalls and says, oh, that ball? Did you know that your dad was going to give that to you when you grew up? When you start being someone else, you end up working for something that God was always planning on giving you. Yeah, just stay planted. 
If you had just embraced your place, if you just said, you know what, I can't be that person, and I can't be this person, and I might not ever get there, but I'm here, and instead of wanting to be there, I'm just going to be happy that I'm here. Hey, so if you're single, oh, my single people, make some noise. Wow. Wow. I know what the next sermon series is going to be. Oh, my goodness. All my single people, make some noise. Oh, my God. All right. We'll just keep it going. It's not going to get any better. Hear me out, single people. Embrace your place. Embrace that season. It's not what makes you. It, you, don't, it, it's, it's, you don't get your worth from a man. You don't get your. And, and if you're careful, listen, embrace that you're single because it's what makes you special. And if you don't embrace your place, you're going to end up sacrificing and marrying the next Joe Schmo who carries the Bible. Because you're going to think, well, I get my worth from my marriage. And so I'm just going to make sacrifices. I'm going to make compromises so that I can be validated and I can be made valuable by another person. Don't sacrifice what God calls you to sacrifice. You hold on till the right one comes along. You hold on till the best one comes along. Don't lower those expectations. Don't lower that bar. You keep that thing high. Don't sacrifice what God has not called you to sacrifice. Embrace your place. Embrace that status on Facebook. Embrace it. Put a little star next to it. Single and ready to mingle. Just embrace it. Embrace it. Don't look at someone else. Hey, if you've been married 10 or 20 years, where my married couples at? Make some noise. Married couples. All right. See single people? <laughs> I don't know how to preach that. I'm sorry. It's just more discouraging to the single people. But... but. But married people, hear me out, because I'm married too. And listen, when you get married 10 or 20 years, don't start looking for someone younger, better, or different to make you feel younger and better and different again. Your value is not found outside of your matrimony. And don't start making sacrifices, playing with balls. God never calls you to play with. Come on, somebody. Because you want to be accepted, and you want to, you, it feels good to be flirted with again. It feels good to get those text messages late at night again like you used to get. Don't start making sacrifices. You know what makes you valuable? That after 10 years, she's still living with you. That's what makes you valuable, that you, that you wake up to somebody who wakes up to you. And you know how you look when you wake up, and he and she still loves you. That's what makes you valuable. Don't start making sacrifices for worth that God never calls you to make. I'm trying to speak to every life season here. Where are my parents at? Parents. Where are my parents of, where are my parents of young children? I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Because you're thinking about making sacrifices that God's not calling you to make, playing with balls that you're not supposed to be playing with. You're on everybody else's Instagram feed, all your single friends traveling the world, looking at the seven wonders, and you can't even get to McDonald's without a babysitter. You can't, you don't even remember the last time you saw a movie that wasn't animated. Can't even remember that. It's been Pixar for the last 10 years. And you're starting to wonder, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to have to, I want to, I want to, I want to live my life. I think I'm going to need to start sacrificing my kids. And so you start spending less and less time with these people that you only have for a brief moment so you can live more of your life and travel and see the seven wonders of the world. But if you want to see a wonder, let me tell you, you put a wonder to bed every day. You kiss your child goodnight. That's a wonder right there. Don't envy the single people. Don't envy, and single people, if you believe it, listen, there are people who envy you right now. 
Don't envy the single people. Embrace your place. You got two beautiful, one beautiful, three beautiful. If you're Patrick and Jenny, seven beautiful. Seven beautiful babies. Hug them, love them, kiss them, and don't let them go. Embrace it. It's only a phase, they say. It's only a season. That's right, and it will pass. So embrace it for as long as you have it. Embrace it for as long as you have it. Embrace your place. At this part of the movie, the role of the protagonist shifts from Smalls to Benny. Benny and Smalls are both on the journey on a search for place, but each is searching for a different place. Smalls was looking for his place in the sandlot, but not Benny. Benny's looking for his place in the world. Benny is asking the big questions. He's looking for his significance. And I love what the ghost of Babe Ruth uh, points out to him. He points out to him where his significance lies, and he does it in this statement. He says, everyone has a chance to do something great, one chance to do something great, and they don't take it either because they're afraid, but it's the last one that I love, and it's the last one that I think is going to minister, that I hope it brings home, either because they're afraid or they don't recognize it when it spits on their shoes. In other words, he's saying, you're looking for significance, you're looking for place, you're looking for importance, you're looking for purpose. It's in the sandlot you were just about to leave. It's in the place you were just about to quit on. Right there is where your significance is. You know, the irony is so many of us suffer from FOMO. You know what FOMO is? It's the fear of missing out. So many of us suffer from FOMO. We are afraid that if we don't step out, we're going to miss the next best thing when it comes. But you know what the irony is? The next best thing isn't going to come somewhere else. The next best thing might be right here. And here's the problem. When we start to get afraid, when we start to think that what God wants for us is in another place, we start to make those sacrifices and we start to muster up this wannabe courage. I call it courage because that's what it feels like, but it's not courage. It's doubt that God has forgotten you. It's doubt that God no longer sees you. It's doubt that you have somehow slipped through the cracks of eternity. It's not courage, it's doubt, but we somehow muster up this false doubt and we say, well, I gotta, I gotta step out of the boat. I gotta step out in faith. But you know what? Sometimes the bravest thing you can do is stay. I just gotta step out. And I wanna be sure, like, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, like, you know, and take this and apply this to maybe an abusive marriage or take this to apply this to like an abusive relationship or, or something like that. But let me tell you, sometimes the bravest thing you can do is not leave. Sometimes the bravest thing you can do is stay because I know you're looking for it, whatever it is. But let me tell you, and you can write this down, and I hope that this ministers to you where you are is where it will happen. Where you are is where it will happen, right where you are. Listen to me. Destiny is a place. Watch this, but it's also a time. Destiny is a place, and it is also a time. And so if you leave that place, but at the wrong time, you will miss the it God had for you. You don't just, you, you, it takes faith to stay. People say, it takes faith to step out, amen. But you know what I value more than faith? Faithfulness. It takes faith to, to step out, hey, that's cool. Everybody steps out, and half of them drown. But it takes faithfulness to stay planted and say, this is where God has me, and I'm going to live here because I know this is what God wants me to do, and I know he's got plans for me, and I'm not going to let go, and I'm going to trust that he has not forgotten me and that where I am is where it will happen. Now we can play forever.
I chose to end today's message with this clip because I, uh, I wanted to make a point. Um, Smalls and Benny finally faced the beast. And I was tempted to preach on the beast. And I was going to preach it. I mean, I was going to preach your heart. Face your beast. I was going to be good. Face the beast. Beat the beast. Release the beast. I had a whole bunch of rhyming stuff ready and planned, but I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me as I was preparing that he didn't want me to focus on the beast, but he wanted me to focus on the balls. And here's why. Because some of you guys have been stuck in your place for a long time, and you have seen dream after dream go over the fence, never to be seen again. So much potential you thought that you had in your life. You were supposed to be somebody, but gone and you've never seen it again and this is the word that God gave me to tell you listen you thought it was gone but it's not gone it was just buried it didn't leave it's in the place you are it's not gone your dreams your hopes the things that you always saw yourself doing you can still do those things they have not left the park God is not done with you yet he still has a plan he still has a promise the ministry is still waiting your marriage is still waiting your special someone is still there your business is still there it has not left the park it is just buried and he's telling me to tell you this don't leave when something's buried you don't leave What do you do when something's buried listen your promises have not left the park they're buried and when something's buried you don't leave yeah. what do you do you dig brother you dig here's what Hosea says Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 sow righteousness reap love it's time to till the ready earth God's saying it's time to till it's time to get it back it's time to dig in with God until he arrives with righteousness right for the harvest you need to grab your shovel and you need to dig in the season that God has for you right now you might not be able to see it just two more feet just three more feet just four more feet just five more feet you just keep digging thank you so much for joining us today we hope you enjoyed this installment of at the movies we'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your life if you have any prayer requests or would like to share your testimony, please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. Our team will be ready to celebrate and pray with you. If God is using this ministry to bless you in any way, you can help us spread the word by making an investment today. You can give at journeyorl.com forward slash give or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again. Have a blessed week.